Welcome to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm Ed Moore, your host. This is episode 49. Our book for this episode is Usagi Ojimbo, volume 1, issue 34, uh, published June 1992 by Fantagraphics Books. The story is entitled Gen Lady Asano's Story, which is the first chapter of the Gen story. If you desire, even if you don't desire, take a second and send some feedback. BigTimeNoise.com slash Rabbit is the website. Now, the Ronin Rabbit is part of the Reader Feed, which is part of the Comic Book Noise Network, which is part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Ronin Rabbit has a page on Google+. Plus. You can leave comments there. Episodes are posted on the Usagi Jimbo Dojo Facebook page. You can leave comments there. Thank you, Steve. And the email address is usagipodcast at gmail.com. Now, before we get into the story, let me read a little bit of uh, trivia here that I found that may interest you that are Usagi fans. In the letters column of this issue, issue 34, we see that Stan says, Last issue, Brian Carpenter asked the location of Usagi's village and the Geishu province Adachi Plain and the city of Sendai, mentioned in Book 2, and Usagi's village are all in Mutsu province, which takes up the entire northeast portion of the main island of Honshu. Lord Hikiji was inspired by Date Masamune, uh, who lived from 1566 to 1636, and Lord of Mutsu, who also inspired to be, was inspired to be Shogun, who also aspired to be Shogun, sorry. The Geishu, also called Aki province, is located in the southern portion of Honshu and is now a part of Hiroshima, which my family, three generations ago, came from. So there we go. We've, we've got a little uh, factual information for the location of Usagi's village, you know, where he's from, but now being that he is a wandering ronin, his travels are recorded far and wide. All right, our story opens with a full-page panel of Gen running, holding his samurai sword, full sprint through the forest. Pant, 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 huff, gas, pant, 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 pant. So he's running pretty hard. And then we have several panels that I really like that Mr. Sakai did. They are uh, they show Gen from the waist down and the ground. We have a panel of him running through a, a, a muddy area. And then the next panel is that same muddy area with the mud um, puddles still rippling a little bit. And then maybe some mud dropping off to the left-hand panel as Gen has run from right to left across. And then followed up, the third panel is a, a horde, a tribe, a pack, whatever they're called, of Togagi running through the same muddy patch. Gen is trying to escape them, but ultimately one of the Tokage takes a giant leap, lands astride Gen, knocking him down, tumbling uh, head over heels down the hill, coming to rest at the bottom, at which point the entire pack of Tokage jump Gen. When he tumbled, he lost his sword, so we have a panel of him fighting off the Togagi long enough to grab up his sword, and he quickly kills three 
but we see another nine are circling him. He's got his back up to a tree to at least protect one side of his uh, his person uh, so that all the attacks come from front and sides. So he's, he's cut off part of the egress. Or would that be ingress? I'm not sure. Part of his, his he doesn't have to protect his whole body. Um, he curses the Tokagi, but then suddenly there's a whistle, and they all the Tokagi turn, and they turn to a brigand who who walks from around a tree. Uh, he's uh, a cat-like character. One of his eyes have been taken. Uh, there's a massive scar along that eye. It's the right eye. He seems to be carrying a flute-like uh, instrument, which perhaps is what he used to produce the whistle that got the Tokagi's attention, uh, leading one to believe that perhaps there's some amount of training uh, of these Tokagi, and this brigand has something to do with it. But he is doing as most evil characters do. They take that time to explain to the um, good guy what is going to happen or what their plan is. or uh, Basically, that's an opportunity to tell the reader what is going on without it just being narrated to the reader taking part in the story. So they go back and forth a little bit here, but nothing that Gen says makes any difference. The brigand six the rest of the Tokagi pack on Gen. Uh, they quickly knock him down, start biting and scratching and nipping at him, but then suddenly Usagi uh, jumps out of seemingly nowhere attacking the Tokagi, who are in turn attacking Gen. He dispatches many and routes the rest. They flee off into the forest. The brigand is is beside himself that this has happened to his pets. He exclaims and grabs up a dagger or a dirk, perhaps, as we were introduced to uh, an issue or two ago, and attacks Usagi only to be waylaid himself from behind as Gen has collected himself and kills the brigand with his sword. We find uh, next panel, next page, that Usagi and Gen are catching up. Uh, Usagi heard that there was a bounty hunter in the mountains and went to look to see if it was indeed Gen because he assumed he would need help. Gen uh, explains that he is looking for this brigand who uses a pack of Tokagi to terrorize the surrounding area. There's a bounty on him, and he was out to collect bounties. As those of you who uh, maybe knew, that's what Gen is. He is a bounty hunter. Uh, Best friend, air quotes, best friend to Usagi. So they exchange pleasantries a bit, and and they uh, Gen basically arranges for Usagi to pay for something, which is an ongoing thing between the two of them. Gen never pays. Usagi always pays. They rest a little while and then descend to the village, the nearest village, where they will find a place to stay until word can get out and Gen can collect the bounty on the brigand he just killed. Gen visits a doctor, tells him, you know, you're going to be okay, looks over some things, sends him some medicine. Uh, while Gen is uh, resting, he has gone to an inn. Usagi goes to a restaurant, or perhaps the restaurant portion of that inn, to have a meal. He 
orders up a meal, and as he's eating off to the side is a couple standing watching Usagi eat. Uh, they, they look very uh, bedraggled, a begging couple, as it were. And the male approaches the samurai and asks for food. And in the midst of his explaining, the proprietor of the restaurant, the inn, comes by and exclaims, cursing at them, trying to drive them away. But Usagi says, uh, no, no, um, let, let, let them be. They're okay. I, I, want, I want to hear you know, what has brought them to this station. Usagi offers them a seat at his table, uh, instructs the proprietor to bring food for them. Usagi notices that the, uh, the couple, male-female, the male uh, acts much as a typical beggar person not used to this type of treatment, having not eaten for a while, you know, the whole typical beggar persona. The female, however, looks the part, perhaps, but is not in any way acting the part. She is acting more uh, as if she is not pauper. She was the wife of a higher up, perhaps the wife of a lord. The proprietor comes, delivers the food to them, uh, giving Usagi grief both before and after about feeding the beggars because once you feed them, they'll never leave. While they're eating, uh, Usagi, he he doesn't elicit. He, he says several times that he is too polite, that it is improper for him to ask. But the female, who we find out is Lady Asano, offers the tale of who they are and why they are where they're at. Again, Usagi notices that while they're eating, she eats with the bearing of, of a, a noble person, whereas the male is just you know stuffing his face because he's so hungry he's forgetting any propriety at all. We learn from Lady Asano that she is of the Shirogeta clan, her husband having been Lord Asano Nobu. They, uh, she... Her, her family, the Asano family, was um, cast aside as they chose the wrong side of a rebellion, the Shogun War, she says, and, and the, the side that she took lost that. So they were, uh, they were, they were discredited. They became a, a lower, poorer uh, nobility in in the area. One of the retainers of her husband, a counselor Oda was not liked by anyone on court. Uh, he, he did things and said things that no one liked. He was passed over because of that for many, many promotions until such a time as he uh, felt that he had been dishonored too many times. He killed Lord Asano one evening, assassinated him. When the body was found, Asano and anyone loyal to him had disappeared. So... Lady Asano uh, had a few loyalists left, including her lord's top general, General Murakami. And they then ventured out to find Odo and exact honor for what he had dishonorably done. Uh, Basically, they went in search of revenge to kill him, her and the retainers that were left. Well, over time, and that time turns out to be about 20 years, she says, over time... Um, 
the the money any money that she would have had she left behind when she left the Asano lands. So the money was tied to the land. So now they they don't have that income. Her her retainers over time have died or disappeared or been killed or whatever until it's just she and the gentleman with her left of her original small band that went off in search of Odo. Um Usagi asks, well, why not give up your quest and live the rest of your life in peace? And she, she is much, uh, much affronted and said, no, we will keep going until revenge is exacted for my lord upon Oda. Oda, that is what he deserves. After the tale, uh, Gen comes in and apparently Lady Asano recognizes Gen. Well, actually, Lady Asano and the retainer with her, they exclaim general, and Gen and Usagi exclaim exclamation point. You know, they're, they're taken aback by general, what? And Gen and Lady Asano determine that no, he is not who she thinks, but she throws out the last name Murakami, and we find out that General Murakami was Gen's father. So this is the son of General Murakami, who Lady Asano has not heard from, she thought him dead, beseeches Gen to take up his father's place as a loyal uh, servant of the Asano name, uh, another of her retainers, as she is just down to the single. But he'll have none of it, and of course, uh, those of you that are familiar with Gen from the story or from this podcast. He's very much a for-himself kind of person, a, a bounty hunter living day-to-day on the bounties. He collect, you know, he's, he's very uh, individualistic. Lady Asano realizes that that is asking too much, so she does not pursue that. Uh, she asks the forgiveness of Usagi of treating his friend in this manner and uh, begs off that she and her retainer leave. So they leave the inn. Usagi's standing there, finishing his meal, thinking, you know, just hashing over everything that's happened over the past little while, the story, again, all of it. The final portion of the story, we see Asano, Lady Asano, and her retainer as they're walking through the village to, who knows, find a place to stay perhaps. To exit the village is what I see, what I think, uh, getting ready to leave and move on. When they are shoved aside by retainers for an incoming nobility, and we find out that it is Magistrate Oda, and they hear that name, and they are very surprised as he passes by that it is indeed the former counselor Oda who has risen in this area to the position of magistrate. The retainer um, sees his chance after 20 years of searching for this man. He attacks only to be killed by one of the guards for Magistrate Oda. Oda recognizes Lady Asano and on the last panel tells his retinue to bring her with us. Throw the other one in the river for the fishes. <laughs> and it's kind of uh, a uh, full circle because she le- he left um, Lord Asano face down in a nearby pond in the gardens after he had killed him too. So apparently that's what Oda does is he kills people and leaves them for the fishes. Alrighty, um, let's see, not really any terms that I ran across, uh, nothing of, well, there is one thing of note, we have seen many, many stories back that Gen lost a portion of his horn in a duel, well, the portion is back, he 
tells Usagi that he had found a good potter and had had him reconstruct a ceramic horn. He felt that if another one of his associates was able to use, uh, able to construct for himself a prosthetic in referring to Zato Ino, who now wears the wooden nose. Uh, he is a pig character, and he used his nose to locate uh, bounties, but lost it in a duel. That Gen can replace his lost appendage with, with a prosthetic as well. So he is now in possession of a ceramic horn. You can't tell any difference from his real horn. There's no division in the drawing. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Next episode is the big episode 50, Booyah of the podcast. We will be talking about Usagi Ojimbo, issue 35, dated August 1992 from Fanagraphics Books. The story entitled, Gen Sins of the Father. Thanks a lot. See you next time. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, Non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.